0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 8th, 2018. Today we are reading from the big book, Chapter 5, and we're at page 59, the second paragraph. Today's readers are For the Twelve Steps, Alana M. For the Twelve Traditions, Amanda S. And reading the text are Deborah S., Gina F., and Barbara E. The reference numbers for Monday may seventh, twenty eighteen are for the seven AM eleven thousand three hundred eighty five. That's 11385. And for the ten AM Eastern Time eleven thousand three hundred eighty seven. That's one one three eight seven. OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Alana M. to read the 12 steps.
1: Uh, thanks, Katie. Uh, this is Alana M. from a uh, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, these are our 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you, Alana.
2: Amanda S., will you please read the 12 traditions? Good morning, Katie. May I be heard? Yes. Okay. Good morning, everyone. This is Amanda S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Amanda. How our meeting works? Our meeting
0: focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. We are sharing what the directions to the Big Book, in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 59, the second paragraph, and uh, Devorah S will be reading through step five and we will be commenting on steps
3: four and five. Go ahead, Devora. Hi. Good morning, everyone. My name is Devorah S. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol foods, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two. Okay, good morning. Um, you know, I look at these steps and I see how each step builds on another step. And um, so yesterday we talked about, you know, three and four, making it, uh, returning our will and our lives over to the air of God. And we also spoke, you know, you know come, I'm sorry, so we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And then we, what did we do with that step? We we, we decided, we made a decision to turn our lives and our world over to that higher power. Um, so we already took that big jump into faith and trust that there's a higher power out there who's going to take care of us. And we're going to turn everything over to him. And then we come to today where we're going to, you know, now we're up to the big step. You know, everybody's scared of this big fourth step, like, what is it? And, um, but the truth is, we really have nothing to fear, um, because we already, God's going to take care of us, uh, and we can do this thing as long as we do it quickly and fast and not get, not, not stay in that, that fear, um, you know, and, um, that's what's held me back for so many years Because I used to hear people writing and writing and writing. I spoke to them and say, "How you doing?" And they say, "Oh, I'm, I'm filling up my notebooks with 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 uh, my inventory, my fourth step. And I was like, "What is this about? I don't want to do that." And I just didn't want to do it. And all the years, you know, I've been through. I've been in programs since 1999. So, you know, I've I've done four steps in various ways. Um, various ways, but in the way that's written in the book, honestly. So it included writing a biography, an autobiography of myself. It included answering questions. Um, but everything, but you know, everything was very much like Disney Disney World, very fluff, full of fluff, but really nothing very, uh, meaningful and, and to tell me anything of what, what my, what I've done didn't really examine my, you know, my character defects, my core character defects of selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and fear. So when I came to this point where I saw that I couldn't just live on accidents alone and that um, I was still living in, um, you know, in self-will, run riot, I realized that I, I, I was speaking with someone and she said, this is what you need to do. And I said, okay. Um, and, you know, it wasn't, it was okay. It was okay. Um, you know, that sponsor told me I need to go all the way back to my childhood years um, and, and look back and see where, you know, my, my core character defects were, were, were blazing. And the truth is, um, today I don't tell my sponsors to do that. Um, and it'll come up, it will come up um, in your writing. But we, we, do, we, we do get it down, and we share it with another person. Time. Made a so she can feel a moral inventory of ourselves. And that to me, you know, when I did that, it was when my, my sponsor said to me, I hear you, when my sponsor said to me that, to me that, that, that I yeah. understand, I totally get it because I did the same thing, it was like, wow, you see, I'm not alone in this. And um, I'm really grateful. And with that, I'll pass my time up. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah.
0: Okay, so we are focusing our comments on steps four and five and who would like to comment?
4: Nancy K. K. from
0: Boston. Barbara. Okay, Valerie B, Valerie. Barbara. Nancy A. Katie P. G from Boston. Katie G, Nancy P. And P Amanda Larry N, K. Tens and P, Larry K. I I didn't have one. Harlan G. There was a woman. Amanda M. Okay, Amanda M. Okay, let's stop there. Okay. I wrote initials. Let's see how I do. Okay, I got Valerie B., Barbara E., Katie G., Nancy P. Actually, I feel like I heard, oh, no, it's Nancy H. I don't know. Tenzin P., uh, Larry K., Harlan G., And Amanda, is that S or R? I'm I'm sorry. I'm not sure which Amanda that was, but hopefully the one that... Amanda M, okay. Okay, so go ahead please, Valerie B, followed by Barbara E.
5: Good morning, this is Valerie B, um, recovering uh, compulsive overeater and grateful member of the VISION program. when when I first came to vision and uh, we talked about doing a fourth step, I was terrified because in the past we had, I, I did a program where we did, it was like a book of, of questions and we were all on, we all had our therapists on speed dial and white knuckling through abstinence. I wanted, you know, I mean, I wanted to hang myself. I was like so it was horrible. So when when we talked about doing a fourth step, but you know the group was everything was just so loving, that it, and and so hopeful that um, you know my sponsor was just it, it was one you know it ended up being wonderful, it ended up being wonderful. Yes, it hurt when I had a, you know when I was putting down the resentments and you know going through the whole thing of you know you know our resentments and then you know people you know, and all that, but when. One day when we were talking about something uh, that I that I needed to that I needed to you know uh, confess to her, and um, it it was about an issue it, it it was about it was about a sexual abuse that happened to me when I was a kid that my my father had blamed me for and people had blamed me for I was fifteen, and it was but I was so healed I felt this love fall on me this warmth this cleansing oil, and I was freed of that, thinking I was such a horrible person all these years. You know, I'm in my 60s now. All these years, I was walking around with that weight, that misery, and, 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 and little did I know that it was things like that that was riveting me to this addiction, this food addiction. And when that happened, it was so free, and we both felt it. It was amazing and um and i was free of that and and that was just the beginning of many areas i'm on a fourth step now that you know freeing me you know um my higher power is helping me um you know make things right with people that i never thought would happen. and anyway it's it's amazing when when we in, when we in, uh involve god the way the big book says and do it the big book way it is so freeing so Anybody that's struggling with this, please don't be afraid. You know, hold on to your higher powers' hand. This love that brought you here to begin with, you didn't come here by yourself. I can, I can guarantee you that. And I'm so, so grateful, and it's so freeing, and that's all I have to say. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Valerie. Barbara E., you're up, followed by Katie G.,
6: Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. I was unmuted. Did you call on me? Yes. Oh, oh, great. Oh, and that's not me barking in the background. Okay, step four was to write about how I got where I was today, to make a searching and fearless moral inventory. I have to be honest with you. I was scared. I was driven by a hundred forms of fear. Whom had I hurt? Practically everyone, including myself. What should I have done instead? How was I to know? Who was I relying on? Where was God in the equation? Nowhere at all. My home was in turmoil. I was selfish, self-centered, self-pitying, doubtful, defiant, scared, delusional, desperate, excuse me, manipulative dishonest and devious in so many ways. I was untruthful. I was a people pleaser. Everything went back to fear, fear of being abandoned, fear of not being good enough. Even my egotism was a way of being fearful. If I put you down, I felt just a little bit better about myself. Gossiping, loved it. Inconsiderate lazy, people-pleasing, I've said before, sarcastic, fear. If, if I could put you down, I'd be better. Short-tempered, unloving, all of those things. And then I, when I laid it out there without any reservations, I felt like, like I was scraped raw. But in a way, it was good because my sponsor said, Barbara, I've done all these things myself. This is what the twelve steps are for, and when I got home in step five, I never really did this until my last time. Returning home, I found a place where I could review what i'd done and had done and said to my sponsor had i did I now feel a little bit closer to God in my heart? Was there anything i'd admitted omitted because my stones had to be properly in place. Had I skimped? Had I tried to evade? Had I held anything back? It's been said in the book, I cannot make mortar out of sand. Without cement, my foundation would crumble. And I think page 70 says it all. If we've been thorough about our personal inventory, we've written down a lot. We've analyzed our resentments. We comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. I certainly had. If you're new, if you haven't done this, go forth. Because when I did, I began to learn this new tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even my enemies. Starting to pray for people that really angered me. On a daily basis, helped. And God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. It wasn't really until step 11 that I really began to feel His presence. But we've got all 12 steps to go, my friends. That inventory. Thank you. Perfect timing. That inventory was everything. I gratefully pass. Thank
0: you, Barbara okay katie g it's your turn followed by nancy p or h thank you hi katie f good morning my fellows katie g recovered compulsive overeater anorexic and bulimic in boston so yeah i mean a lot of people tell me they're afraid of step four let's just be honest first of all step four isn't going to put the food in your mouth it is physically incapable of doing that right second of all there's nothing on the step on step four that I don't know about on some level, right, because it's my life, my life. So that always really helped me. Um, And searching means what am I going to do? I'm going to ransack. I'm going to dig. I'm going to dredge. I'm going to look at the exact nature of my condition, right, because why am I doing this? Step one, life is unmanageable, right, the second half of step one. The unmanageability is not the messy car and the and the fat or the anorexia or um, the mishigash at work. It is the internal condition. So step four and four through nine and 10, 11, 12, this is treatment. This is my medication for my unmanageability. So it's very important that, you know, I'm realizing like this is about like looking at how I am truly insane um, and fearless means more uh, moral, ethical, honest. Um, you know, and yeah, I ha- or that. Excuse me, that's moral. Moral, ethical is honest, true, um, and decent. And fearless is bold and courageous. And yeah, is it uncomfortable? Yeah, but you know what? Welcome to life, right? It's uncomfortable. And I'll tell you what, I am somebody who I know fire me from O A. My first um, step four. It took me a year, I was one of those people. And I'm gonna tell you something, although I don't recommend it, I learned how to do step four. I learned how to look at where am I selfish self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid, and in my humble opinion, the most important thing that we do when we're doing step four is to remember it is a fact-finding and fact-facing process, to look at the facts, this is just learning about who I am, and to learn, learn about this process, right, learn about how to do it, because the thing is, you guys, we are, ladies and gentlemen, we are building a foundation. If I don't learn how to do step four, I am not going to be able to do effective. 10 11 and 12 if i don't do effective 10 11 and 12 guess what eating is going to be a step up and i'm going to tell you one thing there's going to be something on your list right and you're going to be like KDG from boston there is no way i am at fault it is a spiritual axiom that when i am disturbed it is about me not the other person so whatever you have that darkness in your past it doesn't matter like even if you're wrong, is that you are still, at whatever age you are, blaming and victimizing. My humble experience, this is all me. I continue to blame and victimize myself for things that happened years and years and years and years ago. And the freedom, and I'll just close with this, KDF, the freedom, when I first took my step five of settling into my body, step four, I crave it. I crave the freedom. I crave the the um the opportunity to look at where am I wrong? Because if I am the problem, then we can have a solution. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Okay, Nancy, um, you're up followed by Tenzin P. It is Nancy P. Okay, thank you,
7: followed by Tenzin P. Hi, this is Nancy P, also in Boston, well, just outside of Boston. Anyways, um, so i wasn't afraid of the fourth step. I had done several before, as others have said, my very first one um, i said i didn't hadn't written it down, but I spoke it to the person who took it then i the second one i didn't know how to do it, even though I had seen the big book, of course, um, and I just wrote on a legal um, pad uh, each page the seven deadly sins and when I started to repeat myself, I went on moved on to the next one and then you know on and on I spent 3 years on my last one and this one took me 2 weeks and I got to say that you know it says a business that doesn't take inventory regularly goes broke well I was broken I was broke bankrupt and I needed to get rid of this stuff and so um I did it and you know there's there's I'm There's ways and ways of doing it. And the way that my sponsor told me to do it was, you know, don't talk about your fourth grade teacher or your high school boyfriend. Just talk about the things that are in your life today, and everything else is for tenth step And miraculously, my last fourth step took me three years writing six nights a week. And um, this one took me um, two weeks writing 15 minutes a day, and everything came – was exactly the same. Everything was exactly the same. And I got to say that, you know, I got rid of things without regret. You know, I did. I got rid of things without regret. And I, I feel as though, I can't really talk about my character defects. Perhaps my friends and family could speak to that, but I feel much more calm. And, you know, I was, when I think about how I feel like I had just walked out of a car accident with glass in my face and cuts and, you know, a broken leg, you know, that's how I felt emotionally. And, you know, now as someone else said I'm healed and um, when I did the fifth step, you know, and I was crying about this on the, on the phone, you know, it was just gently pointed out to me that all those things that I was saying were not my purview. That was God's purview. And um, that also helped me to relax because, I know that even at this point, I still hadn't had a spiritual awakening, so I was still very relaxed in spite of that. And so I would highly recommend it to anybody. I feel like it was not really painful at all. Um, It really wasn't. It It was cathartic. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
2: You ready for me? Tenzin P?
1: I'm sorry.
0: Tenzin P, you're up, followed by Larry Kay. I thought I was unmuted. Go ahead, please. (laughs) Thank you. Good morning, everyone. So wonderful to hear
8: the shares and um, how fortunate we are to have these
0: steps. Um, So for me, this was the beginning of deep cleansing. And um, it was it's about my behavior and my thinking in the sense that we do talk about resentments and other attitudes in the fourth step but it's about my you know it's a moral inventory it's about what has been constructive and and destructive it's not about that i'm bad or i'm good that's the place that the Fear can set in, thinking that it's about I'm bad, I'm good. But it's not. It's, it's the place where I start to take responsibility for what I have done and how I have thought about things. So searching and fearless, this is a place where I get to put my compulsive nature to good use. And um, it's very comprehensive as I wake up. Um, but it's not about writing stories. My sponsor was very clear. It's not about stories. I want bullet points, very simple parsing down of each uh, thing that I remember. And she did push me along. I was um, very anxious about that piece because procrastination, perfectionism, a big piece of what I you know, work with all along the way. Uh, I'm so grateful that, um, so I, some people say it should be written by hand. I had so many entries, I decided um, to make a big spreadsheet with all the different pieces and the names
9: were all down the
0: left side, and for me, it's been very helpful. It helped to simplify it and make this fact-finding and fact-facing mission so, um, right, as other people have shared today, it's, you know, this is a moral inventory. It's about my morals were in very bad shape. It's, um, it's one of the fundamentals of many spiritual practices and the one I um, am involved with that, you know, that this moral underpinning affects everything. It affects my ability to be connected with God, with myself, and with others. It affects every action I take in the present So, right, and um, I like that it says made a searching and far fearless moral inventory of ourselves, not of someone else. Well, I have a lot of experience with taking inventory of others all the time. Um, There were a lot of resentments in my fourth step that I, you know, worked on as I went through the rest of the steps. Um, and the exact nature of my wrongs. But, again, it's not a story. Very pointed, simple. Time, please. Thank you very much for listening. God bless. Okay. Thank you, Tenzin. Larry K. you're up, followed by Harlan G.
10: Katie, thanks so much um, for your service. Uh, Larry K. recover. Chicago uh, step four we made a a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves you know the people who created this thing our pioneers back in the 1930s they weren't scientists they weren't philosophers they weren't academic researchers but it's interesting to me the early literature contains many insights that that scientists have have verified in the intervening years since that time You know, here's the bottom line. The the link between my authenticity and my psychological health, my spiritual health, it's closely aligned. There's a link between that. And, you know, and and so we we, we take this searching in Fearless Moral Inventory. Now, I'll tell you, for me, when I began to start looking at some of my grosser handicaps, my resentments in particular – But definitely my fears and definitely my sexual conduct and harms done to others throughout, I got very, very uncomfortable. And for me, you know, the the easiest thing for me to do is wrap that band around my arm, a little bit of heroin substance to take the edge off. Now, not too much, just a little bit to take the edge off, because after all, if I'm going to look at my resentments that are killing me, that are eating away my insides like a cancer. I'm going to need a little something, something, right? Well, that never worked. I had to do an archaeological dig. I had to be willing to go through a period of uncomfortability, sometimes very intense uncomfortability, if I'm going to be authentic with myself on my resentments, on my fears, on my sex conduct, if I'm going to look at those things. So for me, what I, what I recognized is that um, I could write a dissertation if I want to. I've done that before. uh, It's very appealing to me to write, but it's not going to do – I need to move through this rapidly. I need to get the stuff down on the paper. I need to follow the instructions precisely. If I want to, you know, recreate step four and make column two a bigger column where I can write a book, go go right ahead. didn't work for me. How about I follow the instructions precisely? No, we're not going to cut corners, but we're also not going to create A new wheel either, right? Because this wasn't about a therapeutic endeavor, meaning that I'm going to feel better as I begin to write these things down. Oh, no, no, no. See, I did that in therapy. I, I wrote a lot. I journaled. I talked about things in the hopes that I would feel better exponentially, like as I'm going through the process, right? That's not what the promise is. We are, remember, steps one, two, and three sort of get us right with God, steps four through seven are going to get me me right with myself. So I'm I'm starting, just starting the process and it's very uncomfortable for me. I better move through it fairly quickly. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. And next is Harlan G followed by Amanda M. Then we'll open it up for more shares.
11: Thanks, Katie. Thanks to Team Tuesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. am a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Where does this come from? What is this? Yes, we could say that it is to uncover, discover, and discard. And this comes from the Oxford group. The third step in the Oxford group was a moral inventory. And Sam Shoemaker taught the boys at the, at the cavalry mission in New York City that there were four impediments to God. An impediment is something that stops or slows progress. The first impediment is a resentment that I will not let go of, step four. The second impediment is a secret I will not tell, step five. Uh, The third impediment is a vicarious thrill I will not stop, six and seven. And a restitution I will not make, eight and nine. So the guts of the program are Pure Oxford Group And if I'm doing step four, I look at this, and it says, made a searching and fearless moral inventory, and that's where I get hung up. The word moral means truth, moral inventory of ourselves. If this process takes more than a couple of hours, I'm probably doing it wrong. All it basically is, I don't have to buy anything. I don't have to download anything. I'm going to see patterns of the effect of my defects of character so I can learn more about who I am. First section, resentment, four columns. Who or what do I resent? Second column, what, why do I resent them? 19 words or less. Third column, what basic instincts are involved? Fourth column, what did I do to bring this about and which of my character defects were brought into play? Second phase, fear. First column, who or what do I fear? There's not a question there I don't know. Second column, why do I fear it? 19 words or less. Third column, what basic instincts are affected? Fourth column, what did I do, if anything, to bring that fear about? And and, and what character defects were brought to the surface? Sex inventory, who did I hurt? What did I do to them? What basic instincts came to play? What defects came to the surface? What should I have done instead? And a sexual ideal. I don't have to buy anything. I don't have to download anything. I don't have to go anywhere. It's right in the big book. Now, I hear somebody saying out there, but I was abused. I was abandoned. I was molested. I had wrongs done to me and I had no part in them. Then put DNA in the fourth column does not apply. But am I willing to let them come from the grave and kill me too? Because at some point I have to give this to God and not carry it around. Because the payoff to a resentment is I don't have to take responsibility for my life. I can blame others and live the way I am and drive the stock of Nabisco and Hershey through the ceiling. A secret I won't tell, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs with that i'll pass thank you
0: thank you harlan amanda m it's your turn hi
9: can i be heard yes thank you this is amanda m from dallas compulsive overeater you know when i did step four my sponsor said listen this is fact-finding fact-facing black and white it's uh, not something you need to cry over a business that takes no inventory and he said you know If you are selling bananas and your bananas are going bad and you find out that you're buying too many bananas, you're not going to cry over it. It's the same thing with your fourth step. It's black and white, fact-finding, fact-facing. And that's how I took it, and I took it very quickly because it was fact-finding, fact-facing. I didn't need to sit and cry over it. And when we did the fifth step, I told my life story and I saw him taking notes and he said, I'm just going to take a little bit of notes here. And it was so great because afterwards he got to look at some um, and show what character defects he had found. And I got to agree with him that yes, those are character defects and that set me up for six and seven. So for me doing the fourth step that way, just looking at it black and white, fact finding, fact facing, I didn't have to uh, take a year to write it Uh, I took uh, just a few hours and it was uh, much of a release for me to let go of all of that that I had written and find out where I had been wrong where I'd been buying too many bananas and then I could make some changes you know not buying all those bananas just a few that with that I'll pass thank you thank you so much Amanda okay if you're just joining us
0: We are on page 59. We read the uh, second paragraph and then the first five steps. And we are are focusing our comments on steps four and five. Who would like to share? Lauren N. Leia M. Okay, I heard Lauren N. I heard Lauren N. And Leah M. And I, I'm i sorry, everybody, it's just muffling together for some reason. Please speak. Mara B. Mara G. Helen, L. Riva P. Nessa R.
11: Nessa R.
0: Um, Janice P.M. I'm sorry, is that Helen? Yes, it is. Okay, Helen, what was your initial? L. L. Okay, I have Lauren N. Leah M., Maura Z., Nessa R., Janice P.M., and Helen L. Did I miss anyone? Reva P. Reva P. Vasa O. Vasa O. Okay, let's go with that. Hopefully we'll get you all in. And Lauren N., please start, followed by Leah M.
4: Good morning, this is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you so much, everyone, for this, um, wow, step four and five. It made such an incredible change in my life. I realized how much of a victim I was in my own life. So um, my sponsor told me I had written four, four, five, six, seven different step four is by the time I got to it doing it with a visionary and um, it was every time you know line after line I asked I answered questions I wrote wrote it had to be handwritten it couldn't be typed it it had to be you know anally looked in every single thing and all I saw were the negatives It was only when I did it with a visionary that I got that it did not have to be detailed. It had to be very surface. And only then did I get how much of a victim I was in my life and how much everything was all about fear. And fear was controlling everything I did and all the choices I made in my life. And it was only with that that I was able to get recovered. I gave away a fifth, A I wrote a fourth, I gave it away. I wrote a fourth, I gave it away. And by the time I was done, I had not realized how quickly it would could go and how quickly I could become recovered. It was fabulous it made such a change in my life and it makes such a change in my life every morning when I write my 10 11 and 12 and redo the step four and realize I don't have to be a victim any longer and with that I pass
0: thank you Lauren okay Leah you're up followed by Z.
12: thank you so much for your service You know, my book tells me that uh, to get over drinking, to get over compulsive overeating will require a transformation of thought and attitude. So step four was the first action step um, in taking responsibility to take a look What are my thoughts and attitudes? What is driving me? You know, step one and two are conclusions of the mind. There's depth there, but it's essentially a conclusion. Step three, a decision to follow through with this 12-step process. Step four was the first action step because more than my compulsive overeating enslaved me, that was obvious because (laughs) I had been abstinent thousands of times but was always driven back to that first compulsive bite to seek ease and comfort. So what were the attitudes, the core beliefs, my personal philosophies, ideas, emotions that were driving me? The big book says that we're rearranging things into proper perspective, and that's exactly what happened. Through this clear-cut simplicity, you know, my life was able you know, in a in a simple form, able to be put down. My book teaches me we searched out the flaws in our makeup which caused our failure. My life had been destroyed by my own hand, <laughs> seeking the guise of ease and comfort. I had self-destructed. You know, I was destroying myself. And it was obvious that external conditions were never going to be a remedy for an internal condition called compulsive overeating, called unmanageability. So this fourth step laid it out and penetrated my unconsciousness to get a glimpse what beliefs are driving Leia back over and over and over again because of the restlessness, irritability, and discontentment that I had, the bedevilments that I was living. So it's, you know, I just... I I highly, highly, highly recommend this process um, because it is a ticket to freedom. I had sat on the couch with very respectable, uh, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists, and that has its place. But looking at how was I... uh, playing victim in my life, and how are those resentments, fears, and, and harms driving the, uh, the inner tension that I felt on a daily basis, hence continuing to seek comfort in substances. So this was a, the beginning of the rebirth and the rearrangement so that God could make me uh, be all that he had intended for me to be. And with
0: that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Okay, Morsi, you're up, followed by Nesta R. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, visionaries. Oh, a starting my timer. That was not my dog. Morsi um, uh, recovered in Virginia and so grateful. and. Of course, I had this very, very powerful, very, you know, um, wonderful thought that I was going to spew as soon as I got off the phone, as soon as I got my turn. And, of course, listening to other people, of course, that thought just went out of my brain. So we're just going to wing it, which is what I usually do anyway. And so here's the deal. The fourth step, I'm probably one of the very few in OA who actually looked forward to doing her fourth step. Because I had I had a little bit of understanding of what it was because my sister had been clean and sober for three years. And so there was definitely fear there because I had done something incredibly egregious to my sister. And I needed help on getting past that or being punished, or whatever it was that was going to be happening to me by doing this fourth step, I needed to let it go. I needed to be able to walk through it in some way, shape, or fashion. And so I looked forward to doing a fourth step because I was going to get some guidance from a person who'd already been through the process and had lived to tell the tale, so I knew it wasn't going to kill me. I knew I needed to be lifted needed this burden to be lifted but I also needed to know what were the patterns that I was doing in my life that made me fearful of everything that made me so angry of everyone in my life I mean I could go from placid to rage in a to rage in a nanosecond it just was that
2: volatile with my anger and my rage and during the fourth step I learned that the undercurrent of all my anger and rage was fear.
0: I had known I was fearful. It kept me from, you know, participating in life. I would get invitations and I would say yes, and then at the last minute I invariably had a migraine or, you know, I wasn't feeling good or I had another commitment, blah, 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 blah. Whatever it was, I wasn't living life because I was so afraid of everyone and everything in it. There was no life. It was
2: my miserable existence. Working these steps was certainly the gate to freedom. Step four was the key
0: that unlocked it. I was able to walk through it and learn much.
2: And I'm here to live the tale, I'm living the tale. I, t- I live to tell the tale. And so with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you, Maura. Okay, uh, next we have Nessa R. followed by Janice P.M.
8: Hi, good morning, vision for you. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I love reading the list of the steps because every time I, I read them or, or hear them being read, um, it strikes me what a perfectly sensible program this is. You know, before I can do anything about my eating, you know, I have to diagnose the problem properly in step one. You know, I've always misdiagnosed the problem. I thought my problem was that I ate too much and I was fat, and that wasn't my problem. And that's why nothing ever really worked. You know, and so I need to identify that my problem is powerless. I am powerless over food. I cannot stop eating when I when I get going, and I cannot um, stay stay stop when I am not eating. Um, i have to get eating again. And so all the solutions that I came up with, diet and therapy, et cetera, et cetera, um, did not work, did not work because my problem was not food and weight. And so that brings me to step two, which is if my problem is um, powerlessness, then my solution has to be power. And that power is God. Um, And then I thought, well, that's easy because I believe in God. But then I learned as I went on that, hey, I am blocked from God. That's why all my prayers and all my, you know, uh, efforts to engage God, to tell him what to do and what I want and all those things weren't working. Um, so when I realized that I am blocked from God, um, I need to make a decision to, to unblock myself. And that's what I do in step three. Um, then finally, um, in step four, I begin the process of removing that block. Um, you know, the first step of which is obviously, you know, write down, um, you know, what in me is blocking me from God. You know, to uncover what in me is blocking me from God, which is basically my character defects, chief of all my selfishness. You know, my selfishness drives everything. And as part of that process, I have to dis- discuss this with somebody else because I cannot just keep it to myself because. I, I rationalize everything, you know, I'm the victim, I wasn't doing anything, I'm not wrong, I'm right, you know, so I have to discuss this with somebody, um, and the purpose of discussing this with somebody is not to prove to my sponsor, or whomever I'm giving it away to, or to to show them that I am a victim and that I am right and get them to agree with me because what I've also learned here is that right and wrong don't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm right. I mean, listen, I can be right all I want and still be unhappy. You know, right and happy are mutually exclusive. And so I need to decide. I need to decide. You know, step five um, is not uh, for me to prove that I was hard-done by. Step five is for me to get an objective view of my part in it, because I might be unable to objectively see it. And then I go on with the process, and it just, it just makes so much sense. It's so, it's so beautiful when it's, when it's done properly and in order, and with an experienced guide, uh, which I was fortunate enough to be uh, paired with. Um, with it, thank you. Which I was paired with. Uh, but the process works as line, you know, if we, just, if we just take it as it goes by the book. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, we have four minutes and four people, so that's not going to work. So, Janice and Helen, if you all could each take two minutes, we can at least get two of you in, and then Reva P. and Vasa O., if you could hang around for the second hour.
13: Thank you. Certainly, uh, Katie F., um, Thank you. My name is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, there's somebody on this line many years ago that uh, she had asked me, uh, well, how long, you know, does it take you to do a fourth step? And I said, oh, about a year. She said, oh. She didn't say, oh, no, you mustn't do that. And, of course, I could. And, (laughs) and, And I'm saying to myself, geez, I wonder why she said, you know, of course, many years later, that is insane. It was insane, insane, insane. But at least I know today that step four just is is a beginning of the process of unblocking. There's nothing new I'm going to say. It's repetitious. And please stop me at two minutes. Um, It's the unblocking to my higher power because I was so blocked with self, with self behaviors that I didn't even know that, that, uh, uh, that that was the problem. And, you know, it's not the whole process. Step four is not the whole process. It's just a beginning. It's, it's, it's not the entire inventory process. Therefore, we're just starting on a uh, a personal inventory at step four. There are other steps here. So, you know, I used to say, okay, I got through step four. I'm all done. You know, maybe step five I'll do that. But it's just the beginning. You know, it's just a start. And, again, it's an effort. That means I'm trying to learn for myself the truth about me because my mind is so mixed up. I mean, I did behaviors that I justified and rationalized, and this is an effort to, oh, yeah, that's, that's not right, Janice. You know, so it's a wonderful step to to, to, and I, to get the courage. And honest, okay, that's it. To Look at myself, and I'm going to pass for you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for taking two minutes, Janice. Okay, Helen L, it's your turn. Hi, this
14: is Helen L from Pembroke, Ontario, Canada, gratefully recovered. Uh, wow, this, the shares are amazing this morning. Amazing. I'm really loving loving hearing about it. And um, I just wanted to share, you know, where about steps four and five, but I do really need to talk about how two and three, being the right two and three, did help me to do a better four and five. So um, a lot of people are talking about unblocking ourselves. And um, I spent the first seven years in program, um, you know, working on a program of abstinence and working the steps in all kinds of ways, except the way that the big book suggests. And I tried and tried to give it over to a higher power. It wasn't until I came into vision and I started to use the, the, the big book as a way, as a method of, of working the steps to unblock myself from higher power, to deal with my defects of character, to turn them over into in 10, and 11, 11, and 12. And it's a beautiful thing when you can do that. It was certainly for me. And in doing my fear inventory, I realized how much I depended on myself and that I never turned it over to a higher power. I was just incapable of that because I truly hadn't done two and three. I didn't believe that higher power could take away this pain, this discomfort that I would feel on a day to day basis, sometimes throughout the entire day. And so Steps two and three became action steps for me as well. I would turn my will and my life and in discomfort, instead of food, I would turn to my higher power. And through that, I was able to go into my step four, peacefully believing that my higher power would be with me. And with that, I thought. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. And thank you to everyone who shared. Thanks for the help from Alana M., Amanda S., Devorah S., Gina F., Barbara E., Kristen D., and Gina R. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, May 8, 2018, is 11,390. That's 11390. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Gina F. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only?
13: Hi, thank you. This is Gina F. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got.